This is an AMI podcast. You're listening to the Kitchen Confession Podcast with Chef Mary Mammoliti. That's one of the healthiest things you can put in your mouth, matcha, because that is the actual leaf of the tea, which has, it's loaded with antioxidants, loaded with serorubigens and seroflavins and catagens. And those are um, just types of antioxidants, which, you know, research has told us they reduce the buildup of free radicals. And free radicals are what we've been told are responsible for cancer and aging and dementia. And so when, when you're ingesting the entire leaf that's been ground up, that's what matcha is, you're, you're getting all of those benefits. I'm Mary Mammoliti, and you're listening to the Kitchen Confession Podcast. We're going to chat with some taste experts to learn how to develop a keener palate for cooking. Hi, Heather. Hi. Thanks so much for coming on the show. Oh, thanks for having me. Why don't you just uh, go ahead and introduce yourself to our listeners? Okay, um, my name is Heather Hind, and I'm a certified tea sommelier with the Tea Association of Canada. I uh, went to Mohawk College and studied for a couple of years um, with their um, program there, and I learned a lot about tea. I learned um, different flavor profiles. Um, I learned how to taste and tell the difference between all the different tea types. I learned the history. Um, all kinds of really great things, how to, how to pair tea with, uh, with different foods. Um, and yeah, it, it was a lot of fun. What is it about tea that you love so much? For most people, tea starts with a tradition. For me, uh, my love of tea started um, when I was a little kid. I always remember sitting around the table with my, my nana or my grandma if it was my grandma, we always had like the, the dainty little teacups and we would sit down and have a cup of tea after dinner or just just to have conversation. If it was with my Nana, then we would have like my mom there and my aunts and we would just sit around and talk and laugh. And this I can remember doing this from always. Um, so I think that just sort of just sparked the interest in me. I, I always loved tea. But yeah, that, that's what that, you know, those teas take you places and they remind you of things. And I think that's what's so, so beautiful about the different flavors of tea. I also think that, you know, as I, as I grew up and you start hearing about tea becoming popular in North America, and so you hear things like, oh, the health benefits of green tea and, and white tea and matcha and, and this kind of thing. And when I was hearing that, I was like, a whole new world opened up for me. I, I, I had never heard those things, that there were other tea types besides the traditional uh, red rose or, you know, Tetley tea that, that I grew up with. I, I had no idea there was more than that. So hearing all of these little buzzwords coming at me now, I just sort of, it, it started to really pique my interest. Well, what, what is this? And, and where is it coming from? And why is it good for you? And what does it taste like? And so then when this program came up at uh, Mohawk, I, I just, I had to take it. It didn't matter, <laughs> didn't matter anything. I, I had to learn more about it because I, I just, I had no idea there was so much more to it. Oh, wow. I didn't even realize that there was a course that you could take. I'm going to learn so much from this episode. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah, there's a couple of different courses across, I know across Canada and, and in the States too, and around the world. I mean, tea is much bigger everywhere else but North America. Like, if you if you t- take a look at pretty much every other country, they have some kind of history, just uh, forgive the pun, <laughs> steeped, 
you know, steeped in tea. <laughs> like there's, there's so much, there's so much more to tea. Oh, I can imagine. I mean, because we look at a cup of tea mm-hmm. and we only see the end product and no one ever really stops to think about what goes into this process. Right. And there's, there's so much, I mean, like what is the process of making a white tea or a green tea or, you know, or black? It's all the same plant. Okay. So wait, they all come from the same plant? It's all the same plant. It's just been processed in a different way to bring out the different flavor profiles of the leaf. There's two varieties. Um, one is uh, Asomica and one is Camellia sinensis, Var sinensis. Well, that's a mouthful. And uh, they basically, <laughs> yeah, <I know. laughs> basically, it, it's just one, one has its origins in India and the other has its origins in China. So the flavors are, are, or the plant itself is slightly different, but they're still, it's still the same tea plant. And, and so if it's in, if it's in like a Chinese um, tea, then it's still, it's still all the same plant, but it's just a different variety of it. So all of the teas in the world come from those two varieties. The fascinating thing is even in green tea, if it's a Chinese green tea versus a, a Japanese green tea, there's a completely different flavor profiles from the two because they both have completely different traditions on how they uh, process their tea. So a Chinese green tea, um, for instance, uh, is typically um, pan-fired. So that gives the green tea leaf a smokier, more robust flavor, whereas the Japanese green tea will have a... Um, sort of a more vegetal um, seaweed type flavor. It's it's fresh, more like a m- more like a grassy notes in it, um, and because they um, they steam their green tea, so it it tastes fresher. But the, it's it's both of them are good, but completely different ways. So between the different types of tea, you do get big flavor changes. Mm-hmm. So from green versus yeah. black, what would the, the difference be? Green, black, um, orange, pico, white? Um, a white tea is a very light. Um, think like very, very, very light, uh, subtle flavors of peach, um, slightly floral sometimes, depending on the white tea. Um, a green tea, you're looking at, you know, vegetal. So it's a fresher, light, also a light flavor. Um, you can you can get some nuttiness with the the Chinese green teas, uh, but also um, and a light green color, obviously. Um, then going from lightest to darkest, sort of, is uh, an oolong, and there's two um, types of oolong basically, and one is a, a light oxidized oolong. So that means that the oxidization process, and that's that's basically um, oxidization takes place like an apple. You, you cut it open and it browns, right? So when you look at a black tea, that's fully oxidized. So when you have an oolong and it's a light oxidized oolong, the flavor profile is more comparable to a green tea. So um, you'll get some floral notes. You'll get a lighter, more subtle flavor. Um, and then uh, a longer oxidized oolong is more comparative to a black tea, so the so the flavor is more robust. And then when you get black tea, um, the processing in that is so the leaf is fully oxidized. You get that dark brown liquid. It has a robust flavor with a full mouth feel. Usually, um, you can even have like some black teas that are are kind of lighter, more 
like a like um uh long oxidized oolong it it gets very complicated <laughs> but it's so interesting so the flavors of even a black tea can go from like a a light and that would be like a, a darjeeling and that's a, a prized indian tea to a lapsang suchong which is basically like the darkest <laughs> heaviest black tea that that you can try and and the flavor in that is so smoky you you've just never had anything like it and then they also have like after a black tea is puer and puer is um a type of tea that's being fermented it's uh, the tradition, the old way of doing it is they, they pack it up tight and then they put it underground. They let it sit for years. And so the tea ferments and then you take that out. And the flavor from that is something like I can only, I can only describe it as the smell of the inside of a barn. That is the flavor of it, but there's so much more to it, so much more complexity to that flavor that it's, it's actually good. Like the way I describe it, doesn't sound great, but it's something that you have to try because you won't. I have. Oh, you have? There was uh, this whole craze going on at one point about poor tea. Yes. It's supposed to be good for your digestion, right? <laughs> something like that. Yeah. Something like that. And now it's not to overshare, but I went and I tried it. <laughs> <laughs> That's why most people try it. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And you know what? It's got a nice taste to it. I was surprised. I was pleasantly surprised. You you know what I'm talking about then when I say it's like the smell of the inside of a barn. It kind of has that, it has that taste to it where it's, it's very earthy and it's. Uh, yeah. And when we're saying the inside of a barn, it's not animal filled barn. It's like that woody. Exactly. That's exactly right. It's, it's woody and earthy and you get some notes of hay and, and all of these things that are coming, coming at you. And you're, it's very comforting to me when I have that tea, it's, it's very a very comforting tea to me. I know there are health benefits to every different type of tea. I mean, green tea, everyone has heard. I mean, it's just out there. Everyone has heard about matcha, uh, green tea, and the health benefits of it and the difference. And I can, you get more of an earthy taste is what I noticed with the green tea versus a black tea. That's interesting. That's interesting. Usually it's, it's kind of the other way around. There's more earthy flavors in a, in a black tea. However, it depends on, it depends on the processing method as well. So you might get those earthier notes from, like I said, a Chinese um, green tea. Although typically in North America, we tend to get more of the Japanese, like that's the matcha, that's the, um, the sencha. Those, those are like the popular green teas here because that's what's sort of being sold to us. So it's, it's easy to market those. Plus they have good flavors. But the thing is, if, if you're getting like the grocery store brand in a tea bag, you're not getting the full flavor of what this tea should taste like. And the health benefits are also, if you're looking at like a, a, um, a loose leaf green tea, then, you know, you're, you're going to get a little bit more of those health benefits because you're getting more of a full leaf as opposed to a very processed um, little bit of leaf in a little tea bag, right? And also with the matcha, that's ex one of the healthiest things you can put in your mouth, matcha. It has basically, um, because that is the actual leaf of the tea, which has, it's loaded with antioxidants, loaded with things, um, therorubigens and seroflavins and catagens. And those are um, just types of um, antioxidants, which, you know, research has told us um, they, they take care of the, the reduce it, 
they reduce the buildup of free radicals and uh, and free radicals are what we've been told are responsible for cancer and aging and dementia. And so when, when you're ingesting the entire leaf that's been ground up, that's what matcha is, you're, you're getting all of those benefits. I'm Mary Mamalidi, and you're listening to the Kitchen Confession Podcast. We're going to chat with some taste experts to learn how to develop a keener palate for cooking. What are the dominant flavors in tea that people might need to kind of push through to discover more? For white tea, uh, you're going to get like peachy floral notes. Green tea is vegetal, fresh. Um, You can get some nutty flavors there, some slightly uh, roasted flavors. An oolong, I mean, they vary from floral to nutty to astringent. Um, and a puer, it's like that earthy, very earthy, very woody, um, some some straw and hay definitely like coming through in those notes. So when you're looking at the flavor profiles, that that's sort of telling for each tea type. Are there any additives ever used in tea? Uh, yes. So when they're doing like a jasmine, a jasmine green tea, um, they infuse the leaf with um, with the flavor of jasmine, they don't necessarily put the uh, that flower in the tea. Although sometimes you get like the actual flower in the jasmine tea, but what they what they'll do is they kind of get the the jasmine essential oil basically, and and they either spray the leaf with that, or if it's a traditional method of getting that floral flavor in the tea, they put the flowers they'll put the flowers around that tea because tea is very porous, I guess. It, it, it sucks up any flavor that's around it. And it's the same thing with, with Earl Grey. They put the bergamot flower around the tea. I mean, now with like modern sort of technology, they've obviously developed different methods of doing this. And also depending on where you're getting the tea from, the quality of it, it's either, you know, artificially flavored um, or it's flavored with the actual bergamot essential oil or flower. And so in that way, like they're not adding, um, they're not necessarily adding that leaf to make another ingredient in the tea, but they, they infuse it with different flavors. And, and then it's like the processes of making the, the Laksang um, Souchong black tea, they, they smoke it. So that gives that smoky flavor to the tea without adding really any artificial ingredients or any kind of other ingredient into the tea. It's they just smoke the leaf. Method. Yeah, they smoke the leaf. So if someone's looking to develop their palate, what can they do to help them develop their their palates for tea? Get good quality loose leaf tea. Um, you can go, you know, find it online. You can get all kinds of samples sent to you online of just all kinds of different teas. So you want to start, like if you want to learn more about all of the different tea types, then you want to start with a good quality white tea, such as uh, white peony. And then you can have a good quality green tea, like sencha which is a Japanese green tea, and then uh, an oolong. So you can either do like a long oxidized or a short oxidized. It doesn't matter. And then another black tea, like an Assam or a Kenyan, because they will give you the best sort of differentiation between each tea type. And then a, a, just a, a nice puer. So once you have your kind of five different types of tea, then you can start sort of doing your own kind of taste testing of each tea type and, and you build your palate from, from there. So you really get a sense of the difference between each tea type 
And then from there, you can start like branching out into the different types of green tea. So you can do like a comparative taste test between a, a, a Japanese green tea and a Chinese green tea. But the importance with building your palate is if you really want to learn, then you have to be consistent in your tasting method. So you use the same quantity of tea leaf, so one teaspoon of leaf, and then you infuse it um, with your boiling water. Uh, but it has to be kind of at the same temperature. So if you have a, a temperature setting on, on your kettle, make sure that it's always at the same temperature setting. Can you burn your leaves, your tea leaves? Yeah, definitely. You'll notice it with a white tea, a green tea, and sometimes the short oxidized oolong because they're delicate. They're really delicate leaves um, and they have a very delicate flavor. So with a white tea or a green tea especially, this is a lot of people, um, their complaint here is that, you know, oh, I, I have my green tea, I, I boil the water and I pour it in the tea bag at, at home and it tastes burnt. It always tastes burnt or it's bitter. Well, the, the thing that I always tell them is your, your, your water temperature is too high and your steep time is too long. For a green tea, the water should be um, 80 degrees Celsius. And you should only be steeping it for two to three minutes. And if it's a good quality green tea or even, you know, like a semi, you know, whatever, you're going to get a lot more flavor out of it that way. You're going to get the real flavor out of it. Then from there, you can sip really quickly. So you're, you're sucking in that tea at a really fast rate so that uh, you're getting that, the tea, the, the liquid all over um, your mouth, but it's also aerating in your mouth at the same time. It's been aerated when you suck it in really fast. And then you wanna, you wanna take notes. So it's really helpful if you're labeling uh, what tea you're tasting, and then you, you label, um, you notice, first of all, you wanna notice the dry leaf. So you look at that and you, and you notice if it, if what the leaf looks like. Is it open? Is it rolled very tightly? Is it, um, what color is it? All kinds of different notes about what you're noticing about the dry leaf and the smell too of the dry leaf. And then you infuse it with the, with the water, steep it for your five minutes. And then you take the lid off of your little steeping cup. And, and when you do that, you notice the, uh, the smell of it again. You're noticing the color of the of the infusion, whether it's a dark color or a light color. And then you take the sip. And then you notice the flavor. Is it where it's hitting you on your tongue? Uh, is, it, is it bitter? Is it astringent? And astringency is that the dry mouth feel that you get. Um, is it what notes are you, are you noticing? Is it woody? Is it nutty? Is it spicy? Is it sweet? Is it floral? So you want to take those kind of notes. So each time you're tasting these things, you're noticing the subtle differences between, between each tea. But I would just you know, for me, I would just start with having like a, um, one, one tea from each different tea type and really getting that, opening your eyes to the, the differences, like the huge differences between the tea types. Are there any common pairings with tea? Uh, yes, definitely. Uh, with food, um, there's, I mean, it depends what you're looking at, like for, uh, for entrees um, or like a main dish with white tea, you're looking at... Um, white fish or green vegetables pair really well um, or commonly like with desserts and fruit you want to pair a white tea with a stone fruit if you pair it with a stone fruit you're never going to have a problem it's 
it's going to be good because a lot of peachy notes come through with white tea. Um, with, with a green tea, um, you want to consume that with like shellfish or you can have uh, white chocolate with it. Oolong pairs really well with um, grilled vegetables or poultry or, um, yeah, poultry either grilled or roasted, depending on if it's a long oxidized or a short oxidized, because if you're, if you, um, if it's a grilled, that would pair better with the short oxidized. And if it's roasted, that's going to pair better with the long, just to the flavor profiles. With black tea, you can have that with um, beef or game, pairs really nicely with it. Uh, also, when you're looking at desserts, you can pair it with um, milk chocolate or mint chocolate. My favorite is a cup of tea, like a cup of black tea with mint chocolate. Oh, Yum. <laughs> oh, it does sound and good. then with the yeah, with puer, you want to pair that with like a heavy stock soup or rich creamy sauces. Um, you can pair it with dark chocolate. Um, that's the same as the the last thing, souchong. You want to pair that with like a dark chocolate or something heavy, like a like um a goat cheese or something like that. Now I ask all my guests to give me one of their favorite kitchen confessions. And is there anything you have that's even related to tea? I can't think of anything other than I, you know, that's all right. I'm just, uh, I just experiment. Like that's my, I don't always know how the flavor is going to come out when I'm blending something for, if somebody asks me for, you know, a uh, tea for, you know, a health like a inflammation or something like that and I'm putting a bunch of herbs together and I'm like well this sounds like it might be good but I don't know and then I put it all together and usually usually it turns out amazing and I'm always surprised <laughs> oh so what's the most unusual pairing that made a surprisingly big impact um I tried one time, well, I tried a recipe one time that was lapsing, uh, so the smoky black tea with, um, with cream cheese just to make a dip, like a smoky dip. And so I would just like crunched up some lapsing souchong leaves inside a cream cheese dip. It was delicious. And I, and I was so surprised because I couldn't, like, I couldn't think of anything that I would want to drink this tea with the flavor so overpowering, but <laughs> it actually, it was so good. Yeah, it was so it's good. It's that smoky. Yeah, you should, you have to try it. It's, you know, you have to try all kinds. I think I'm going to have to. Yeah, you'll be surprised. Now, would you leave us with your favorite pairing or a recipe for something great that we can cook or have with tea? Oh, sure. Um as I mentioned, you could do, uh, you know, a psalm with a, with a mint chocolate. Anything would be delicious. Um, that's probably my favorite tea pairing. But I've tried um, Earl Grey cookies, and I found a really great recipe um, that I've tried, and they're amazing. So it's a Earl Grey-infused um, sugar cookies. And so basically, you just pulse together the dry ingredients um, with the tea leaf, right? in it so you're putting like a flour and the sugar and everything and the the earl gray tea you can use tea bags right from you know the store or if you've got a, a good quality loose leaf tea that's good too because you'll get a better flavor um and then so you you pulse that all the dry ingredients together and then you just basically um roll out the cookie dough and um and cut it up so you know you're it's a, it's just a sugar cookie recipe you're just adding in the earl gray um, tea to the recipe and mixing it up all together. Yummy. Mm, that sounds good.
Thank you so much for talking to me, being on the show. Oh, you're welcome. Putting up with all my questions. (laughs) (laughs) No, it was a lot of fun. Thank you. I love any excuse to talk about tea. I don't often get the the chance to really go in depth. So it's fun for me too. (laughs) Perfect. If people want to reach out, follow you, your company name, anything, where can they find you? Uh, Wild Heather Tea Company on uh, Facebook or Instagram, Wild Heather Tea Co. on Instagram. And that's where I'm, I'm usually most active. If they want to get in touch with me, they can just direct message me there and I can answer their questions. It's that time. We've reached the end of another show. Be sure to visit kitchenconfession.com for more recipes and foodie finds. I'd like to thank producer and editor Matt Agnew and I'm Mary Mamaliti. See you at the next episode.